Welcome to The Clean Slate, a podcast where we chat about facilities management, commercial cleaning, and keeping the working world safe, clean, efficient, and free from risk. I'm your host, Trista Sobek. Hello, and welcome to The Clean Slate podcast. I'm Trista Sobek, your host. And today we have a very special episode. We're going to be talking to Peter Costanzo. He works at a company called ROI Consulting in New York City. And today we're going to talk about technology and how technology is changing the facilities management industry. We all know that technology is constantly changing things all around us in our world. Um, But within the last 10 years or so, technology has really changed the amount of data sets that we have that talk, that give us information about our buildings and what we do with that data is really important. It can help us save money. It can help us save time. It can help us give, get greater control over our buildings. So we're going to talk to Peter about the evolution of these data sets, what we do with the data once we get it and how we get it and how it's really changing uh, the face of facility management. And don't worry, AI is not taking your job. In fact, it's probably just going to get busier and busier. Welcome, Peter. We're excited to have you. Hello, everyone. Uh, Thanks for having me so much, Trista. My name is Peter Costanzo. I'm with ROI Consulting. Um, In a nutshell, we are in the business of facilities management technology. And uh, when I got involved in this 20 years ago, I didn't think it would be that interesting And uh, I I was very wrong. I can report that there is a tremendous uh, amount going on technology-wise, and it's a very exciting time to be in facilities management IT. Great, great. So um, what was the first thing you did today, job-related? When you sat down and you're like, I'm going to start work, what was the first project that you turned your attention to? And what would, that's just a little peek into what you do. So uh, as I got to work today, so the first thing I did literally was got to my desk and realized I wanted more coffee than I had, because uh, that's my morning uh, every morning. Um, I'd like to tell you my routine's exciting, but uh, I generally log on and see if there are any burning fires that I need to deal with. And then I look at my calendar and orientate myself for the day. <laughs> Great. I think we all can relate to the coffee, the coffee experience for sure. So can you talk a little bit about how you got, you yourself got involved in facilities management? Because you said that when you first got involved, you didn't think it was going to be very exciting. No, and and how how wrong I was. So uh, my earlier in my career, I did a lot of uh, development with uh, smart devices. So remember the pocket PC, um, which came out right before the, um, Apple's phones and um, remember 20 years ago when the concept of Bluetooth was kind of new, I worked in all sorts of high tech industries with people that made devices and worked on technology stacks for that. And someone I knew said, hey, would you like to get involved in facilities management IT? Um, And at the time, if you go to the the age old joke, you know, how many people does it take to uh, replace a light bulb? Is it one? Is it 1.2? Um, I always laugh when it's like point something. How is it point something of a person? Um, but when I looked at it, as you think about it, um, uh, applying IT concepts coming into facilities, um, facilities management is a very uh, diverse and interesting place for two reasons. One, 
there are tons of variables. Back to that uh, replacing a light bulb, what do you do when you're a university and you have 10,000 light sockets? It's a huge logistical problem if you think about it as simply as it is. Um, the second thing is that's interesting about facilities, most facility managers I know don't go to work and do what they expected to do the day they go in because part of the job and uh, part of the job in its nature is to be reactive and deal with and make sure their problems as much as we can plan for certain things. Um, certain things happen all the time. Right. Right. So um, I do, that's one thing I do like about facility management is there are so many layers and so many sectors to it and uh, technology is just one, but I think it's, it's very interesting and people are really excited about it, uh, especially if you have to go and change a lot of light bulbs or figure out how much, how much time you need to spend cleaning the bathroom. So, um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the ev evolution of the sensors that you were showing me earlier? Yes. So as I, sensors. Yes. As I talk about technology um, and this whole concept of a smart building, one of the things that's going to enable us to power this is the concept of an IoT device, right? Uh, and some type of sensor. And I did some work with a sensor that I don't want to put down about uh, 10 years ago. This sensor was cutting edge. It uh, could be a beacon says I'm here, take temperature and humidity. So cutting edge that's on the market today is this. Okay, and if I held up a Scrabble tile to kind of give you a little better, better, all right? It's the size of a Scrabble tile. And if you look at it, you could actually stack two where the Scrabble tile is. And this is from a company we work with called Disruptive Technology. It's really hard to employ. You literally peel the tape on the back, you stick it and you scan it with your phone. Um, and then you, you put it inside the project. The takeaway I want you to get is look where we went in, in 10 years. And then think where we are gonna be 10 years from now. As we talk about smart buildings and digital twins and all of these things, one of the aspects is what's happening in the facility. And a lot of that's gonna come through IoT devices. And right. the smaller the device, the longer the battery life, which makes the device more effective. And the second thing, the smaller the device, there's less manufacturing. So the, the costs for the devices are rapidly coming down. And we're at the point where technology adoption, at least in metropolitan areas, a lot uh, occupancy sensors have kind of reached mainstream and temperature and humidity sensors have reached mainstream, but you're gonna see a whole group of uh, sensors coming behind this because of the, the, the size, things like a vibration analysis and uh, all sorts of different metrics that can be tracked um, and pulled together. And the net net of this is it will provide more information for the facility manager to make smarter decisions. Data-driven decisions, absolutely. And for the folks not watching on YouTube and just listening to us, uh, Peter has one hand. He has an old, uh, an older Internet of Thing device, Internet of Things device, which is literally the size of a fist, a little bit smaller. And in the other hand, he has one that is the size of a Scrabble tile, but half the half the width. So. It is very, we've gotten very far in 10 years. And I want to go back to one thing that you said about some of them will be able to um, see like there's vibration. So I'm assuming that would be helpful if, you know, there's a, um, 
some kind of catastrophic event happening, like a earthquake or something, especially like in California. So you can yeah. prepare yourself for it. Yep, it could be on that level, and it could also be vibration on a much uh, smaller level, like uh, equipment, HVAC equipment will shake, right? You got big fans in there going, and um, one way to know uh, if the fan belts start to go with vibration changes. Um, so as you look at it, um, as you go, I liked your use case. The use cases are far in between, but they can be sensing um big actions as well as little actions. And the sooner you catch them, just like our air conditioners at home, the sooner you catch them, the better and the less expensive. Yeah. So we want to talk to him about what IFMA has going on as far as their tech board right now, because we know they have a very exciting survey that's coming out and everyone can have the opportunity to take that survey. It's going to be going out through IFMA. Uh, but we'll also have it linked here in our show notes and on our website. So, uh, Peter, do you want to talk a little bit about this survey? Yeah, so I am a board member on the information technology community of IFMA, um, and there are about uh, 20 of us, and we have uh, several different initiatives. And about a year ago, I asked everyone on a board meeting to define a digital twin which was something of interest to us because we're all in some type of IT related to facilities. And we all had different answers. Um, So we put together a very simple survey to uh, find commonality so we could start to use uh, methodology generally when you talk to someone about what a digital twin is or a smart building, you'll get a definition from some type of technology provider, all right? And uh, those definitions tend to lean in certain ways. So as we looked at the survey, we were looking for commonality, um, levels of adoption, uh, where we could go uh, in language, and then uh, figure out from then how to help the world to kind of wrap their arms around it. So one of the things I say often when I talk to people, if you want a building to be smart, you know, take a sensor and put it somewhere and you can tell your CEO, hey, I got a smart building. And there's a truth to that matter, right? You did put a sensor somewhere. You might want more to make it truly smart, but there are different levels to where you can look at all of this uh, technology. So what what is a digital twin for those of us who, who had to do some research on it? <laughs> um, so, and how how is it helpful? So it's, a re, it's an old concept. It's been around for like 30 years. Okay, so NASA, when NASA was going to send someone to the moon, we had never sent someone to the moon. So they needed to build like models of like the the Land Rover and whatnot. But they also ran very crude at that time, computer simulations. As we look at things like right now, uh, you know, with companies like SpaceX and what is it? Virgin Galactic, I think is it, right? All these companies that are making these ships, they don't send them out of a production line, but you have a lot of computer analysis is that stuff. And if you take that concept a little closer, something that's been around for a while, GE has digital twins of their jet engines and they have them for two levels. One, they'll have them to do an analysis of how do I build a better jet engine, right? Because it costs millions of dollars to put one together, you know, to have a single prototype. But the second thing that they started using all that data then, they they could do analysis of, hey, how can I extend the life of this piece of equipment? So as we start talking about this and we take this concept and we bring it into facilities, generally we call this vaguely what I would call a smart building 
And a digital twin kind of has two elements. It's got some virtual representation of the real world. So if it's a piece of equipment, it would be uh, you know, a model of that piece of equipment. If it's a building or a floor, it would be a model of that building or floor. Sometimes if you're a building, you also might think of things in a larger context. So if you're at a, a building uh, on a, a hospital campus, for instance, there are other elements of the digital twin that come in, which aren't just building related, but they might be mapping related or utility related. So one is, you know, what is that thing that's there and some modeling of it. And the second thing where these IoT devices come in are gonna have a major impact is what's happening in those, those facilities, right? So traditionally right now we've got our BMS systems, right? That we're working with and the technology, you know, to run the HVAC. BAC and things like that. And as we move towards smarter buildings, we're going to have more sensors in that facility to tell us what's going on in different places so that the building can react um, or the facility management team can react to those things. Right, right. And I would um, assume too on the spectrum of what's going on in smart buildings. You know, you have all the way down to, you know, maybe nothing. Maybe there's nothing really going on as far as any kind of smart application, just a sensor maybe to tell people, okay, um, 20 people have been in the bathroom, you know, 20 more, we're going to see if we should start sending people in to go in and clean it and gather data on that. So we can, you know, um, use our facility management team to the best of our ability. Um, and then you have all the way up into, um, you know, these digital twin concepts where does, is the, this may be a dumb question, um, but is it, is it on a computer so you can kind of look, watch what's going on in your building with the sensors or what does that look like? So it comes out in different ways. So usually when someone talks about the concept of a pure digital twin, you'll look at some 3D representation of what's happening and you'll see um, the model light up, for instance, you know, where there's, there's a problem. As we think about this, all, it's really just data. So that same data, if I think about it, and I'll use the use case of a water sensor, right? Let's say we put a water sensor, which is technology that's been around for a long time, right? Uh, just historically, it's had a wire. The nice thing is when you have devices without wires, you can just go put them places, right? So if you have a water sensor go off um, at its simplest level, it can um, send a trigger to the maintenance management system to let John with a name on his shirt or the, all the, you know, the guys that are working on the floor um, to, to go because that's something you want to address right away because it's going to cause a bigger problem. And that we can look at it from a simplistic sense, right? We also, though, could light that up if we had a 3D model of the facility and you could see where the water leak is. So I'll use a really complex example. Let's say we have a water leak and we're the sixth floor in a hospital. Well, first you want to get rid of the leak as soon as possible, but you're going to have all sorts of problems because you have patient rooms underneath that, right? So if you could have a richer digital twin um, and what's happening in a lot of construction now, there are high definition graphical images taken during construction um, to help the construction process be more efficient. Well, if you take a picture 
of a room before you put the sheetrock up, you're going to gather the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have it living in that same wall and I ran up with a, 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 a tablet device, right? I could go up and I could kind of hold the tablet up and say, hey, here's the wall and see on that tablet where the, the pipes are supposed to be. And I'm going to need to, you know, not drill, I'm sorry, I'll cut a much smaller hole in the wall as a result, because I'll kind of know where to start, if that makes sense. Right. Right. So it all goes back to, you know, putting more work up front and gathering more data. So when things happen, um, we're less reactive to issues and more proactive. And I think that that's that's one trend that I've I've really been seeing in facilities management where we're trying um, to be more proactive, especially we're talking about food and beverage industry, uh, to be more proactive before there's a, a recall. You know, so if for your hospital example, you know, something catastrophic could happen. Um, maybe there's an operating room underneath, you know, we have to move patients, you know. So um, and with the manufacturing, we don't we don't want an FDA recall because uh, that's going to cost us millions of dollars. So it's all really coming down to proactivity. So uh, I really I really love that. Uh, concept as well. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to share, Peter, with us and our listeners? Um, don't freak out. <laughs> so uh, there, there's a lot of technology happening with this. Some people ask me, you know, is this going to replace me as a facility manager if, um, you know, data feeds like this can be had? And, you know, from my perspective, I see that the role of a facility manager is going to increase. And um, I've seen uh, actually since the pandemic, if we think about it, facilities in general um, are more important, uh, A, because people are trying to get us to go to work, right? <laughs> or yes. <to> play. Um, <laughs> and, and we've all become homebodies, but um, what this will enable is that facility managers will be um, less reactive to dealing with breakdowns and more proactive to making sure the breakdowns don't happen. So as you get better data and you start to gather these things, there's a simple IT concept, you know, which, you know, the whole world right now is all of us with, you know, chat GPT and these AI based systems. But mm. the, the concept is if you have good data, there will be tools that will be able to better analyze that. And the concept of a digital twin and a smart building kind of enables itself to that. But as we think about, as I go back earlier, I talked about the digital twin concept saying, hey, NASA has been using it for 30 years. Um, it's, a, it's a new technology in the facilities world. Um, so people will be more efficient. I think facility managers will become more technical and knowledgeable than they have done traditionally. Um, when I got involved in the industry 20 years ago, when I talked to someone about FM technology, I typically was down in the facilities management department and no one from IT could be found anywhere until the software was ready to be installed. Um, and in our technology consulting that we, we do, now most of my conversations start with the IT department. Um, so there's a technical component that's kind of pulling into this, but the net effect is the facility managers are able to be more effective. Right, right. And um, traditionally, uh, you know, OpenWorks is a facilities management company, but we're also um, big on commercial cleaning. And we're talking a lot about 
um, this idea that facility managers or even leadership really need to be in control of what's going on in their buildings, you know, which is sometimes why they go to insource versus hiring an outside cleaning company. So it's this whole idea of control. So when you're talking about technology and these sensors and smart buildings, um, it really gives a lot of control back to um, the leaders, the leadership and the facility managers, you know, on so many levels. So what, what do you think a smart building will look like in 10 years? You know, that's a good question. So the drawback with this concept of a smart building and digital twins is to have a really good smart building, you need a really good representation of what that physical environment is. And traditionally, if you think most buildings were, have been built, they're not new. So all the 3D tools you have for design now, right? When you design a new building, you didn't have before. Um, I think in the next three to five years, actually, the companies that will take point clouds and digital cameras are going to get to the point with what I call the, quote, magic algorithm, where it will be very inexpensive to walk into a room with a device, capture it graphically, put that in some type of 3D model, which could then be connected with the sensor data to give you that, uh, you know, that that 3D full visual representation I talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the algorithms required for that, if you think about it, aren't that far off from a car, right? A car's going down a highway, it's got to figure out what's what's happening around it. Um, So I expect um, that to happen. There's some other things going on that are interesting to watch with the phone manufacturers. I think our phones or our smart devices or whatever we're going to call them are going to have a thing to play. So there is no reason for your phone to cost $1,000. Think about what you do with it. Inside that phone is LiDAR, so you can figure out how far away you're from a wall. Um, I've done some project works with Apple and their Apple's indoor mapping program. Apple can know where you are within a facility within three to five meters. Uh, It's pretty cool. But I think we'll see technology come from um, the devices that we're carrying that can orientate us, um, coupled with the data analysis will enable us to do a lot of uh, smart things. One very practical use case, when's the last time you went to a hospital and didn't get lost? Right. You go to a hospital, you go to see someone, you usually get lost. You're walking around. Um, It's a scary place to get lost in. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But what if you could take your phone, take a picture, the phone would realize where it was from result of taking the picture and then give you directions from point A to point B. The technology for that exists today. It isn't rolled out very much, but there there is a whole host of this that that was kind of bottled up from the pandemic that's going to come. And I think those trends together are going to make managing a facility much more exciting because we're going to have a lot more data and we're going to be able to be a lot more efficient. In that efficiency, I see this huge, um, we say uh, at ROI that facility managers are uniquely positioned to have a huge impact on a facility from a financial perspective. Because if you think about it, if you can run more effectively, um, cleaning or maintenance, the dollars add up very quickly. Well, if you're running more efficiently, you're using less energy. All of a sudden you have this great environmental impact. 
And the other thing, you know, that we say with facility managers is that socially their impact is, you know, becoming more important because the spaces where we are, whether or not they're work or play or somewhere else, um, are becoming more interconnected. Right, right. Yeah, it is definitely a very exciting time to be in facilities management um, now, not just in 10 years. And I think I think it will continue to to get even more exciting. You can find information on Peter Costanzo and ROI Consulting on our website at www.openworksweb.com and go over, navigate to the podcast section where we'll have all the information. We'll have the transcript of this podcast as well as how to get in touch with him as well as the survey on digital twins. So we go ahead, we we ask you to please take that survey and, and send it back in. We'll have information on that. And I think that'll be really helpful for Peter and ROI Consulting, and also IFMA, and where we go in the future. So thank you so much, Peter, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you.